listening to the Liz Teach Podcast. My name is Raquel, and I am Liz's oldest daughter. I don't know about you guys, but I'm really excited about this week's episode. It's called Don't Let One Season Define You. Let's really listen in and hear what God has placed on my mom's heart this week. I hope you enjoy. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Liz Teach Podcast. I am your host, Liz, and I am so glad that you have decided to tune in today. Thank you for those that have been continuously tuning in and sharing and subscribing. I truly appreciate your support and feedback. It means the world to me. And I am so glad that in the few minutes that we are together, I can encourage you in some way, uplift you in some way. Uh, It really is a privilege and an honor. And today the episode is... Don't let one season define you. And I have to tell you, before I got to this recording, I have been deleting, recording, deleting, recording. So I know (laughs) that this is going to be a good word, even if it's for one person. I have overcome. And here we are. We are going to get this word out and we're going to enjoy it. And so Anyway, don't let one season define you. And so what does that mean? Well, there are so many examples in the Bible, but we can just look to ourselves first and see how perhaps in our life something huge, something traumatic, something difficult has happened. And we realize that we carry it from one season to the next, to the next, to the next. And we allow that event, that bad season to take more, um, a, a bigger place in our life than it should. For example, God forbid you went through a, a divorce. So you carry that identity that you are a divorced person for many, many years. You allow it to bring shame and guilt and condemnation. When you're around friends that are married, it makes you feel some type of way. You allow that one event, it was traumatic. It was something horrific, but you allow it to define your life for far too long. And that's just one event. And so this is the importance, and you will always hear me say this, this is the importance of finding healing. So we do not stay stuck in a season. We can't allow one season to define who we are for the rest of our life, especially a traumatic event. I'm divorced. I'm a widow. I was abused. I was beaten. I all these things that we continue to carry through our lives and 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 it defines us and it shapes who we are but in a bad way. When we don't heal, when we don't put it before the Lord, it defines our lives in a bad way. It uh, makes us stagnant. It causes us to stop uh, from moving forward. It causes us to feel uh, indifferent towards certain situation. It causes us to feel um, awkward and we're the odd man out, the enemy loves to tell us, when we're around other people. And so we need to examine that in our lives today. And one of the people in the Bible that I would like to speak about is Moses. And so we know the story of Moses and he became this great deliverer, uh, deliverer of the people of Israel. But before he became that person, he was a murderer. 
The Bible tells us that he was walking about his people. He found out that he was part of the Israelite people, and he saw that one of the Israelites was getting was getting beaten by an Egyptian. And so in his defense, in the defense of the Israelite, he killed the Egyptian. And then we we see the story later on that when he's trying to defend in another situation, that is brought up to him and say, oh, what do you think you're going to do? You're going to kill one of us too? And then he flees to the desert. And so in that moment, his identity became murderer. So when we fast forward, it was 40 years he's in the desert and God is calling him to go deliver his people. What is his response? His response is, will they listen to me? Will they believe me? Why is he asking that? Because he he just saw himself as a murderer. He continued to have that identity. That event was defining him. And God had to make him see that that's not who he was. God had chosen him to be a deliverer. And so we see also that God says, what do you have in your hand? And in his hand, he had just a plain old staff, something that would help him with the sheep, to shepherd the sheep. And God showed him that that very uh, thing that he had in his hand all this time, God was going to use as a tool to free the, the people of Israel. And so when we are stuck in a certain identity, when we have allowed a traumatic event or what someone else has said about us to define us, we can't even see what's in front of our face. We can't even see the, the gifts, the tools, the abilities that God has given us because all we hear are the words of someone else. Perhaps it was your mom or your dad that defined you by calling you stupid, good for nothing. You'll never amount to anything. And that's stuck in your brain. That's stuck in your heart. And you can't get past it. And it has defined you in your teenage years. As you, as you have become an adult, it's defined you as a parent. And that needs to stop. You are not defined by one season or by words spoken to you by others. You are defined by what God says you are. You know, instead of allowing traumatic and difficult events to define who we are for the rest of our lives, we need to use those events to refine who we are to refine who we are so that we can become even greater vessels in God's hands. We see that very clearly in the life of Joseph. How many traumatic events did Joseph go through? He was betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, accused of rape, thrown in jail. All these things that happened year after year after year. What if he would have stopped listening to God, stopped listening to the promises that God had for him and just allowed his trauma to define him? No, but he continually said, God is going to get something good out of this. God is doing something good. I have promises. He's continued dwelling on that. And in every season, in spite of that, that season didn't look like God's promises. He allowed himself to be used by God. He wasn't bitter. He didn't sit in Potiphar's house bitter. 
he became greater there and blessed. And even when they betrayed him, the next place he went to in jail, he didn't stay there bitter and depressed and woe is me and everybody's against me and God's promises are not true. That's not what he said. He allowed himself to be used there. He didn't allow uh, slavery, jail, all these trials and tribulations, he didn't allow that to define him. He had a promise from God and that's what he was holding on to. And that's why we see that at the end of the story, he became this great man in the land of Egypt. He became a great man in the land that had betrayed him among the people that had betrayed him, that had betrayed his people uh, for years and years. He became someone great there. He allowed the situations to refine him instead of defining him. And so we need to examine where are we right now? What are the things that are that we are saying constantly about ourselves? What are the words that are replaying in our minds? I'll never achieve that because so-and-so said so. <laughs> a, little, a little bit too many so's there. I will never uh, be that person. I can't be that person. And we just are resolved to stay there. Instead of being resolved and and go in partnership with God and say, no, God, what do you say? And remember the promises that he has said. Some of us need to take out our old devotionals and, and journals where we wrote God's promises and we need to dust that off and remind ourselves what God said he was going to do in our lives, who God said we are. And that we were going to be. We need to dust off our Bibles and read in there because God tells us clearly who we are. You know, in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 4, verse 13, it says, When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that they had been with Jesus. Here was Peter and John, the disciples of Jesus. They were preaching. This is after the Lord ascended to heaven. They were preaching with boldness. They were preaching with miracles, signs, and wonders. And the people around them just remembered them as being unschooled men. They're just ordinary guys, just Joe Schmo. <laughs> and they saw this power within them, this authority. And right away they remembered, oh, they've been with Jesus. Because everybody knew Jesus' authority. Everybody knew the miracles he did. Everybody knew the great man he was, whether they wanted to honor him or not. The evidence was evident. <laughs> you couldn't escape who Jesus was and how great of a man he was. And now these men that others had, had seen them as nothing, as just fishermen, ordinary men. They don't have enough schooling to be talking about the word of God, the way they are with boldness and authority. Now they were showing that because they had been with Jesus, because they allowed their life to be defined by Jesus, by the sacrifice of their savior, they were now men that others were astonished astonished to see how they were acting and how they were speaking and the miracles that they were performing. But what if they would have stayed as fishermen after Jesus called them, after Jesus uh, walked with them and talked to, with them? How about if they would have just returned to fishermen, to being fishermen, 
nothing wrong with fishermen. If you love to fish, more power to you. If that's your livelihood, more power to you. But that's not what God had called them. He said, go and make disciples. He had called them to do more. And they decided that what they had gone through, seeing Jesus uh, be sacrificed, having to say goodbye to him as he ascended into heaven and, and seeing themselves, okay, it's up to us now. Instead of allowing their past to define them, that they didn't know anything, that they weren't smart enough, that they weren't schooled enough, they didn't let that define them. They allowed their life and their time with Jesus to refine them into the men that God knew that they could be. When we read about Peter, he was always getting into trouble. He was always doing the wrong thing. But God had a plan for him. And especially when the Holy Spirit got involved, forget about it. He was going to be the one that God would build his church. He told him, you are, you are a rock, Peter. You are a rock. But that happens when we allow God to refine us and God to say who we are and what he would have us do and not get stuck in a traumatic event, not get stuck in a traumatic past. You know, sometimes we suffer for a couple of years and we have so many blessings for 10, 15 years, but we're stuck in those couple of years that were bad. We're stuck in those couple of years that we were hurt, that we were betrayed. We have to change our perspective. We have to see things the way God sees them. When we think about the Apostle Paul, my goodness, he was the persecutor of Christians. He killed them. That was what he did for a living. And God turned his life around. When he had that encounter with God and he became blind and God told him to go to Ananias' house. And at that same time, Ananias was having a, a dream and God was speaking to him that Saul, the murderer, was going to go to his house because he was a changed man now. And Ananias, uh, you know, he stuttered for a little bit, I think. <laughs> That's my version. Like, um, what? What you talking about, Jesus? <laughs> but he had had an encounter with Jesus. And so when he went to an Ananias' house, and say that three times, <laughs> when he went to an Ananias' house, and he was healed from his blindness. From then on, Saul, who became Paul, showed who God said he was going to be. And others could have looked at him and still defined him as a murderer. But as his life progressed and he continued to serve God and do things for the Lord and suffer for the cause of Christ, people could no longer see him as a murderer, but a man of God a man filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God, that now thousands of years later, we have the privilege uh, of his words, the privilege of his sacrifices to read those words and it bring blessing to us. So what season have you allowed to define your life? Ask the Holy Spirit if you've uh, been stuck too long in a season. And you yourself are repeating those words to you. Others have forgotten and you continue to remind yourself that you're not enough. 
that you're just an abused child, that you're just an abused woman, that you're a divorcee, uh, that you, it just all the labels that life could bring us, right? What does God say? Learn to allow circumstances to refine you and not define you. We are who God says we are. Today, receive that. And I want to read this last verse from 1 Peter 5.10. And it says, But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. So just for a while, but in God's hands, it strengthens you. It establishes you. That's what God wants to do with those difficult seasons. He doesn't want it to define you forever. He wants it to refine you. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. Thank you for trusting me with your time. I hope that this has blessed you and that this word will just sit in your heart, in your spirit, and just continue to meditate on it and ask the Holy Spirit to show you what you need to define you in this season that comes from him and him alone. God bless you.